Hey, this is Jesse. George. And Robert. And you're listening to BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. Hey, remember how we used to have a podcast and we used to talk about video games? Yeah. And then yeah. the world turned upside down and inside out. Yeah. And then now we still have a podcast and we talk about video games, but just... It's not as easy to do it. Because everything's getting delayed or pushed back. Don't you start this podcast <laughs> with a indirect mention of the, the terrible news. It's actually great news, but it's terrible news. Oh, it's... your beloved cyberpunk got pushed back. Okay, it was going to come out the day after my birthday. Oh, do you realize the significance man. of that? Yeah. That is like what? that is Sitting like now astrology is true and like <laughs> all the religions are true. That's what that is. And now it's all wrong. <laughs> Everything has been flipped upside down, like George said. Thanks, CD Project Red. You've completely made Robert lose all belief in any religion. <laughs> I'm having a rapid psychological breakdown. So Well, now it. you get it right before um, Thanksgiving break. A nice vacation, hopefully. That's true. To play. And I will have to say sorry to my parents because I will be so sick that week. I will I will go in your place and I'll be say I'll say he is thankful for cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he cannot be here today. Um. <laughs> George, were you sad about that or are you kinda like, yeah? No, I knew I already knew it was happening. I was just waiting for them to <laughs> to announce for the something. Ball to drop. Yeah. Stringing us along. It was inevitable, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Nintendo somehow miraculously drop like Breath of the Wild 2 with a week's notice before the Christmas holiday and be like, you're welcome. <laughs> like, that would be that would be very Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, they did just the word. Origami King thing comes out in a few weeks, right? It does. It does. That was random. Yeah. yeah. Are you interested in that, George? Well, the, Paper Mario? Uh, I've never been a Paper Mario person. Okay, I'm gonna. I've actually never played them either, but I'm gonna check it out. It was a surprise though to see that like they just dropped it out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I wanted that, but thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, I have to say I am now fully on board the cyberpunk hype train with y'all. Cause is gosh. it after you read you read that you can customize your junk? Oh. Well, that's an extra perk. I didn't know about. But, uh, you customize everything. everything. Supposedly, that's everything. a trend going on around the interwebs is that you can customize your junk in the... Uh, in the trunk? Yeah. I mean, that's everything. what RPGs are all about. I want full... I want to be in the game. I want to feel <laughs> like the equivalent of Spider-Man f- of this game. I want to feel like when I, when I get shot, I want to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, immersion. Well, I feel I I feel sometimes now. My segue from that was I am on this train because I have some dear friends around me that have finally pushed me into the Witcher Three space. Oh boy, so, it's about time. Yeah. And how is that, Jesse? How is that game for you? It's really awesome, and oh. I am really excited to see what they do in a cyberpunk world. So yeah, can. Do you see that? Do you feel that way you're feeling right now? No one can escape it. Everyone will succumb to CD yeah. Projekt Red. Yeah. They are the Polish overlords. Maybe they'll have a digital uh, frying pan that you have to help an old lady, a si- old lady cyborg, um, in in cyberpunk. 
I hope so, because the amount of weird shit that I do in Witcher 3 that is not related to, like, fantasy, that's just like, oh, you're going to be in a play now. Okay. Uh, I really hope they have that equivalent nonsense, but fun nonsense in Cyberpunk. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, that is a very, very long roundabout way of getting to the topic of today's podcast. Which is... Well, now I'm super psyched to finish the game and watch The Witcher on Netflix. The last episode we were talking about good or bad, basically, video game adaptations of oh, yeah. of movies and TV. But, I mean, I feel like we're in an age right now of we're getting some good movies and TV based on video games. And I feel like that we've come quite a long way from the 90s. 80s, 90s of the early horrible, horrible video game movies that sort of put a massive stain on the all video game project, movie projects. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like so, back then it was like it was such a different beast of a thing to do to adapt a game into a movie versus, you know, adapting a novel or a book or something like that. Yeah, it, it's just unless you pick a game that has a strong story already, which I would argue that many of those early games did not have that. It was all about the gameplay mechanics. It's like, okay, how do we adapt a Italian plumber <laughs> jumping, <laughs> fighting a giant turtle, trying to rescue a princess? How do, how do we turn that into a movie? But somehow they attempted that with the Super Mario Bros. movie in 1993. Uh, <laughs> Which I also might add, that has not gotten better over time at all. It's just gotten more <laughs> cringy. Like, honestly, yeah, like, it's, Odyssey, it's the story really was just bad. like, why? Yeah. Why? I just want to jump on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, so between that, yeah, not actually having plot to go off of, it just, like, purely aesthetic, which they didn't even try to match the Mario games. They did some, like, gritty... Like, why would you do something super gritty for Mario? Look at this. It's a plumber's nightmare. So not only bad story, but the effects just weren't there for it. You you basically had a bunch of really corny practical effects that just yeah. were eye-roll-worthy. So have you seen this whole movie all the way through? No, because I can't bear to... It's painful to watch it. So I've just oh, seen, like, scenes it. and clips and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as a corollary to that, I, I don't think it's on the list, so mm -hmm. apologies. But the so you're talking about a Mario Brothers movie mm -hmm. that was made in the early nineties, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So think around the same time, probably a little bit afterwards, and so maybe they learned some lessons from the movie. There was a TV show. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I feel like it actually did it is so goofy and it is one hundred percent for young children. But in that respect, it's very successful because they recognize the limitations of the technology at the time. And it's like live action stuff with these two goofy like guys being Mario and Luigi in a, you know, TV, like a studio setting. Mm -hmm. um, and they like yeah. it's like, you know, they have little gags and they basically like tee up the drama for whatever the narrative's going to be. And then they have some kind of fun transition, and then they go completely into hand-drawn animation to do anything that is, like, remotely video gamey. Yeah. It all takes place there. 
and then they kind of do like a back and forth and then you get the conclusion at the end at the end again with the live action they also had a really uh cringy uh hip-hoppy theme song to it oh you love it it's charming <laughs> it's sad <laughs> it was very no 90s. it's terrible with the Mario brothers and plumbing's a game we're not like the others who get all the fame if your sick is in trouble you can call us on the double it's like the prince of bel-air if it was um mario bros and themed <laughs> so it seems like you know instead of trying to just like lean into the Mario is goofy, inherently goofy as a concept, just leading into that and then not trying to like, overextend with effects really helps. They also butchered like the way that Bowser looks. Bowser was like oh, this great yeah, dragon. Oh yeah, dude, he looks like a. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yep. Yeah, we don't even need like, to no go one down cares that road. About the turtles. We want a dragon. And they took some creative liberties there. So the Super Mario. Brothers movie is probably one of the more and the TV show are probably some of the more well-known adaptations but I would also throw I haven't seen Mortal Kombat the movie from 1995 all the way through just getting scenes but uh, I think that is another probably well-known for being so bad some say so bad it's good but I wouldn't go that far (laughs) I think there was sort of like a good they had a good starting place of Hey, here's a tournament that you got transported to to like fight for your people against Hunger all- Games. Yeah, it's yeah. like essentially Hunger Games, right? Yeah. Good premise. From there it's just a giant bad costume effects mesh of yikes. <laughs> yeah, it's yikes. That's something that I think the movie industry was more willing to give chances to sort of the giant fighting movies. Like, yeah, we recognize there's no plot work, but we're going to have some interesting costume characters going in there and just doing some And badass action work. sequences. Yeah. <laughs> so we can thank Bruce Lee and Arnold Schwarzenegger. and Yeah. Essentially. Thanks a lot. Yeah, because, like, some of the... Even some of the more newer things, like um, the Doom movie they made in 2005... I, I didn't see that. But I don't know how close it is to the actual plot of the game, but they threw like the rock in there and oh yeah, some other big names. I mean, that's if you put the rock in it, it's guaranteed to do well internationally. I mean, this was before the rock was like the rock, yeah. though. Oh, really? It was so okay. big before in the WWE world, but not mm-hmm. mainstream. So I don't, all in that realm of just like we recognize there's no good plot in story. We just want kicking of butts with fun costumes uh which i think you could probably attach a lot of games to that and be okay right right yeah i the reason i even put doom on the list because i haven't seen it uh is because our good friend ariel like loves that movie but she doesn't play video games Mm. so it's like one of those oh we're gonna try to appeal to a main audience, like a non-gamer audience, too. <laughs> and maybe Successfully? <laughs> I don't know if, if it was successful and or if Ar- it's just Ariel that likes it, but um, one time in the office it was thrown on the TV and a surprising number of people were like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. So Interesting, yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe we can get some success by throwing big names onto our <laughs> 
video game movie. We encountered hostile activity. Portman, come in! I split my list of movies I remember into bad, uh, good try, still bad, and actually good. But I was, I think I was very forgiving because a lot of these are in good try, still bad. But outside of the Mario Brothers movie and Mortal Kombat, I was just, those are just unforgivable in my opinion. I haven't seen it, but I've heard really negative things about uh, Ratchet and Clank came out like four years ago. Which, you made a movie about that? Clank yeah. Movie happened? Say what? Yeah, well, everybody like loves that game. Yeah, the games are great, um, uh, but apparently it's just like it's a very. Even though I guess technically the player base of that that game is kids, it's just very, it's supposedly very just kiddie and very dumbed down. Not a very valiant effort to make it, aside from like special effects and stuff, not you know to make it very worthwhile. Oh, that's lame. It would, oh man, it just seems like there's a good opportunity there to appeal directly to the audience who played it when it came out and like realize that they're older now. And then it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be raunchy, but yeah, you know, could be a little bit more mature or tell a more complex story or something. Yeah. Whether or not you think the Angry Birds movie is good or bad. It's not. You Have you seen it? You can't. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, you can't deny that it looks freaking beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, looks, it looks pretty. There's a lot the of bright, I, vivid colors. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because 2016 isn't too old for a digitally animated movie, and Ratchet and Clank seems like a pretty like easy avenue for not trying to convert it to live action or anything like heck the new trailer that just came out for the PlayStation. Like it looks freaking beautiful. Like I wouldn't be surprised if movies just start getting made in engine. (laughs) I, I uh, I don't know what would be easier, but, um, it's getting there. Yeah. So it's just unfortunate when, you know, such a direct, Adaptation for a movie doesn't do well. It's like, oh, you had your chance. Yeah, the huge bummer with that is due to the the history of things kind of falling flat, and then what I assume like are insane budgets, even by film industry standards at that level. It's just like if you fail the first time, I probably won't see another opportunity to try again for another very long time you know so there's kind of a lot on the line not just for like that ip but kind of like video game movies in general which i feel like partially has to do with like because if you establish a reputation of like oh those are campy they're terrible then nobody wants to engage in that because it's extremely high risk Mm -hmm. so i don't know i i would be really interested to know like what was the breakthrough or maybe was it gradual or the whole it's campy and terrible I mean this is sort of good segue into the good try still bad and I personally put Sonic the Hedgehog the new movie in this category but to me like yeah it was beautiful but I thought it was 
so campy and like there were so many just children jokes in it that made my eyes roll like so many times in watching that movie so the Ratchet and Clank movie it may look beautiful but who like is there even a modern Ratchet and Clank game for kids now like is that just more our generation thing has nostalgia for that game like if it's not like basically has the popularity of Fortnite like and it's for it's for people of our generation. Like a movie like that might not draw out right. crowds. <laughs> like, and then if it's like super campy, and like the jokes are stupid, I don't know. Like I feel like the reason it was like that for Sonic was, even if a bunch of young kids aren't like I would say definitely it's more our generation and older that are like more diehard Sonic fans. But all of the stupid jokes in it are more for the kids and I, we had a few kids in our theater where we watched it and they were just loving it <laughs> yeah so. well I mean that's where it makes the money right yeah <laughs> yeah it's a family movie like you have to bring your kids and pay for their tickets and you have to pay for your tickets and you have to pay for these other people's tickets <laughs> even though they didn't come with you and who are they yeah so I guess you just can't like I'm trying to like in my head be like why would rant rushing clink fails about it like oh did it it just the, it wasn't the kids didn't recognize what the heck it was doing and it didn't appeal enough to them and the studio heads yeah. were like oh you need some more children jokes in there and then it's like you've never played a sonic game get the hell out of here and then we'll fund <laughs> your movie yeah so i feel like another element of what potentially like creates this divide between the ratchet and clank movie and sonic is as far as I know, I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game from beginning to end, but I haven't seen significant chunks of it, familiar with the IP. There's a charm in the writing mm-hmm. and the like the, you know, personality of the characters and the world and everything that is very distinct and it's attractive. And it's, you know, obviously that's extremely subjective and it's going to resonate different with different people, but there is something there. Whether or not you, like, bite immediately, it definitely has some substance. So I would imagine it's probably a failure to recognize what worked in the world that had been created and the games and translated into narrative, which is, you know, very forgivable because it's extremely difficult to do. But conversely with Sonic, I feel like it's actually a better, like, we're pulling directly from the games in a certain sense, because the writing in Sonic games makes me want to die. It's so bad. Like, the line delivery is bad. The lines are bad. The animation in a lot of the, like, conversational pieces is bad. It's just bad. So when you you put it up on a big screen and then you have, like, this incredible, like, multi-multi-millions of dollars going to the CGI and we'll redo Sonic in a week and that's a whole different thing. (laughs) It being bad is actually consistent with the IP. Like the brand is, <laughs> this is total garbage. And like, it's, it's almost like everyone in the Sonic universe has brain damage. So when Sonic is having moments constantly and he's being super annoying and making fart jokes and like not knowing, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to talk really fast. That's so funny. I don't know. In a weird way, like Jim Carrey's portrayal is actually more Dr. Eggman in that respect mm. than the Eggman in the games because he's just so, like... It's it's so over the top. I mean, it's very Jim Carrey, but, like... Yeah. 
I feel like if he and now sorry I'm kind of going to a different oh, thing now, but if Jim Carrey was not in the movie I would literally have nothing to walk away with because <laughs> it would just be a cringe like eye roll the whole entire yeah. time yeah did you end up watching Sonic that job George uh no I I have not had the for- great fortune of it gracing my eyeballs Ooh boy! So that was a, del- but you knew it existed, yeah, so you deliberately yeah. didn't see it. No, I just like I didn't have a tremendous draw to, you know, I'll probably just pick it up and watch it at some point if it, once it comes to, you know, Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Do you even like video games? <laughs> Not really. Yeah, why are no. Why <laughs> <laughs> Well, when they come out with a Halo movie, you'll go see that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. remember driving in the car with you we passed by a billboard and it was for sonic and i remember you saying i don't care if it's, i'm gonna see that you don't care if it's gonna be sh-. like you're going to see that movie and i do I, not deny that i, and said I that. think that's what all movie execs are counting on when they make a video game movie <laughs> yeah just blind commitment based blind on nostalgia commitment. yeah yeah uh, I'm a sucker. Don't. And also, at the end, there was a little teaser for Tales entering the universe. And I fell oh, for it. You yeah. fell for yeah. it. They yeah. got you. Yeah. I like Tales. Even after an entire movie of me listening to you groan, like throughout it. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, you saw Tales. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna see the next one. Yeah, I th- I think to me, what's the most interesting aspect about Sonic was. It was beautiful. Uh, the CG was awesome. I, th- I sort of agree with the, you know, they're dumb in the game, and so they'd be dumb in the movie. That's just the characterization of the characters. And I did love Jim Carrey's performance. I feel like he was made for that type of role. But it was like trying to mix the CG in with a live-action world. I just, like, humans talking to Sonic was just weirded me out so much. I would I would have preferred like a full CG movie, more like mm. Ratchet and Clank was. Um, Probably be more expensive. I agree with though. that. Mm-hmm. I think like that's what Angry Birds did right, uh, just like keeping it in a fun, playful world. But then you know maybe they're afraid. Oh, adults won't see this. But. George, if they had gone that route and just done like one hundred percent CG, would that at all change your attraction to seeing it? Uh. Probably not. Fair enough. <laughs> um, the other thing too, though, is like I, I mean, I from a business perspective, I mean, c- completely CG movies I think tend to be more expensive, also than live action. Am I wrong? In well, I'm curious because about that because this is like not even full CG or full live action. They had to do so much live action, like compositing, yeah. with effects. I'd be curious, like, you know, what's more cost-effective in that scenario, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. When you start getting, like, the Unreal Engine now, like, it looks so beautiful. Like, I could totally see shows being being made simpler with these tools now we have for building games. Yeah. Use it, repurposing them for it, movies. It's a bit of a tangent, uh, but did you guys see that Unreal Engine 5 is coming? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. What are you that's excited whole, about with that's it? That's a whole other uh, episode right there. That tech demo. Yeah. I'm like, I was so 
captured by it. I was like, I would watch a movie that looked like this. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I, I added to our list uh, Tomb Raider because I feel like it would be unfair of not mentioning uh, Tomb Raider, which came in of like course. mid-2000s. Tomb Raider, of course. Uh, with Angelina Jolie. And then they recently rebooted it. Um, and they're mm-hmm. they're slated to make a second one. It's also just like it's it's all right. It's a it's a watered down version of like a Indiana Jones type. You know, got to raid the tomb, got to find the lost treasure, got to you know save my character. I would definitely. I think putting it under the good try still bad is a good call because it's it's sort of like those other action movies of the the set dressings really. You can translate that really easily to a movie space. Yeah. Um, it's just, what do you do with the characters? It would be silly for me not to mention, like, the seven Resident Evil movies that were made. Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I've seen, like, four or five of them. Would you say that they're, like, pretty direct adaptations of the games, or they just take the name? It's, and- I, I don't think they take... Yeah, because they have different subtitles for each of the movies. So it's not like Resident Evil 1, 2, you know, whatever. It's like some of them have different names because obviously I think as they were making them, they had kind of extended beyond the ima- the, the amount of ones that they had for the game franchise. Mm-hmm. But it takes, you know, the core of what the games are and the lore. But they're very uh, B-rated movies. It's not like super cringy in the point of like they're trying so hard, but... It's just failing miserably. I mean, it's like, it's a B movie and you know it and it, it's got that vibe. It's like, it doesn't try to be too much, I think. Well, I love those instances where they're like, hey, this, this series has a deep lore already. And you'll get even more out of this movie if you know that lore, but you don't necessarily have to. If you just like monster killing. Yeah, I think oh. it, like most of them were like in between like. A solid six out of ten, you know, for for most of them. Hey, I mean, there's so many of them; they must be making money. Uh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> so I have a little thing segueing into because that kind of I've, I think more or less wraps up our good try still bad. Uh, Detective Pikachu. I personally would rope it into the good try still bad instead of wow something decent. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you disagree. You disagree. You dis- yes, awesome. I, I want to hear why. Why do you think that? It to me, it's just like it's the same as the animated movies. It's just now it's live action. I mean, that's like you're saying the animated movies are bad. I'm not saying animated <laughs> movies are great. <laughs> wait, wait, what animated movies? The Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon series. Like me, uh, Pokemon Me 2 Strikes Back. They do at least like two movies per generation of Pokemon games. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, yeah. they're, they're not. I mean, it's... I'm not saying kid, the later yeah. ones are good. I'm saying the first three are solid. <laughs> um, maybe that's my nostalgia classes. But. Yeah. Well, I recently, I feel like not too long ago, I watched the the original Pokemon movie... And there were some parts about it that, like, kind of held on, uh, but the, uh, I think by and large it was, like, it, it's like uh, it's not as great as I remember it. But that's, that taught kids racism and how that's bad. <laughs> yeah. 
And I don't. And I personally don't think Ryan Reynolds was a good choice for Pikachu. Because of typecasting or what? Like, I think maybe he got somewhat of the personality. It's like, I don't picture Pikachu like that. Even though he might have some smart alecky qualities to him in the show, he's very much like this bubbly, like, more happy type of Pika, Pika. character. And I just felt like Deadpool was just, like, slapped into and just made, like, a PG version of um, Pikachu. And, like, his voice, like, his tone of voice just does not... You know that's not what I picture as Pikachu. And when it, so when it first the trailers first started coming out and that was part of was revealed. Yeah, no, that I had was, that exact same reaction. Yeah, I was under the impression though that like it, they weren't trying to mimic, they weren't trying to make that Pikachu like the Pikachu from the show with Ash Ketchum. They were trying to, it was a different Pikachu, more along the lines of the Detective Pikachu video games. But even still, it's like there's so much of Pikachu in the Detective Pikachu games. You know? And it's like you have such an they iconic a character. Line. It's a different... <laughs> well, I don't know how much you to know, but like uh, about the memes that were happening after the Detective Pikachu game came out about like people basically dubbed over Danny DeVito. Oh, no, I didn't know about those. Oh, I, I don't know if this has any relation to the movie at all, but like... That became a pretty popular internet meme in the Pikachu fandom, <laughs> the Pokemon fandom, of like they basically took the ads and then they put Danny DeVito's oh voice gosh, over <laughs> from like Always Sunny. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> and so like the fandom sort of just like attached that attitude that like. But it's like a humorous meme. It's like, do you really take that seriously though? I mean. You know? So whenever, I don't know, this is just, I, mean, I can only speak for myself, but I felt like whenever it's like the Pikachu with the detective hat on, it was, it's a different Pikachu. Like, it's a more smart-alecky, like, he's seen shit Pikachu. <laughs> That's what made it so funny, because it was such an opposition to the classic Pikachu that we know and love. Um so I personally, when I saw the Ryan Reynolds version, I'm like, oh, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> like they're yeah. trying to go so create a very funny foil. I don't know. I, I guess it comes down to subjective preference, but yeah, I just I still feel like maybe they could have done it. It's just it did it wasn't hitting for me. I wouldn't say it's like a a wonderful movie in and of itself. It's a wonderful video game adaptation to a movie so like when they built out the world in the movie space like it felt like oh yeah that feels very Pokemon like I feel like the CG designs were very well done they looked like a weird like I'm like how are they going to adapt that for like live action but it futuristic dystopia Mm -hmm. it matched well enough I will will say too uh, one last thing about the voice of Pikachu because they actually have using the original Pikachu voice uh, at a, a couple times throughout the movie and so they when do, they like yeah. they go back and forth between that it's just like uh okay <laughs> that's really interesting so they're actually like calling attention to the difference yeah you'll have Ryan Reynolds making a wisecrack but then like because only the main character can understand can hear him yeah sometimes when they're doing the funny like it switches to what other people how they hear him, and it goes from like, "Oh yeah, I need more coffee too." Pika pika. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. 
All yeah. I've learned from this conversation is that if I ever plan to watch a Pokemon movie, I need to consult both of you first. <laughs> <laughs> There's much I do not know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing more Pokemon movies in the future. I think it did well enough yeah. to warrant it, but... A lot of people saw it. Mm-hmm. when it, Yeah, when it came... I didn't yeah. see it, but a lot of people uh, were talking about it. Even yeah. people who aren't, like, you know, gamers... I guess I feel sort of the way, Robert, you do about the Sonic movie of, like, Sonic games is stupid dialogue and all this, you know, stupid shit, but they brought it into the movie and, like, it felt, yeah, that matches because it's, like, the Sonic game. I guess that's how I, even, like, the plot weirded me out towards the end, no spoilers, but, like, I still felt like, yeah, even though I'm weirded out, if this was a cartoon movie, I would buy it for a Pokemon plot. Yeah. If you're having a hard time (laughs) wrapping your mind around that concept... Play Pokemon Sword or Shield and get to the end of the game and tell me that isn't the weirdest thing that has ever left turned in your life. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. So it is on brand in that way. Yeah, it's... Yeah. But I I see what you're saying, George, about the being thrown off by having our cute little Pikachu that we know and love. It's just, like, it's such a head-scratcher because you have, like, this kilo of Pikachu and then you have, like, this sarcastic, like, gruff voice. It's just like, what? Yeah. I am going to be sending you the Danny DeVito clip. Okay, yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we can definitely say it was better than the Super Mario movie, though. We can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It looks like, Robert, you had a movie in here. Ready Player One? Yeah. Have both of y'all seen that? Yes. Yes. Awesome. With the great Spielberg directing. Yeah. So I think the the great thing about this movie is that it's a movie first, and then it just has a bunch of, like, video game aesthetic as clothing, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Even the concept of it being futuristic with the immersive VR Oasis experience. Um feel like it's it's very much steeped in like the tradition of filmmaking primarily like in terms of the way the narrative is structured the way the story's told it's like it's just a solid story with good characters and actual you know challenges and they grow and everything and it's interesting in that way yeah. and then when you on top of that throw all of like super awesome very very expansive references and like epic battles and like all this stuff that's just kind of cheap surface level stuff when it's present with all that great story it just makes for like a really rich fun movie so because like i think i went into it without having a whole lot of expectation because i hadn't heard much about it and i walked away with like i'm gonna watch that again that was a really good movie yeah how did y'all feel about it uh yeah from what i remember i i liked it uh feel like uh before watching it i had seen the show sword art online which is basically kind of the same concept that you know you're thrown into a game uh you have a chance to win the fortune whereas i think the stakes in the show was much more dire like y'all are stuck in the game and you can't get out and if you die in the game, you die in real life. Um, whereas, like, this one, it's, like, it's more, like, people are on hard times. The world's kind of gone to, uh, you know, crap. 
and you know this this particular kid you know has a knack for you know solving you know the trail that leads to the treasure uh spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't yet seen the movie and so like for the the film was good because it was cool to see that was one of the big draws for me to go see it was all the iconic uh, IPs in the in the movie on top of it just being like a you know virtual reality is a really cool thing and the idea of there being a world that you can go into that you fully plug in and immerse yourself in like not just you know put a headset on and you see through the screen from the headset but like you're sucked into the world so oh speak. George it's your dream yeah. it's your dream yeah full immersion <laughs> ultimate VR yeah. You know what I f- find so interesting about that movie in retrospect? When did that movie come out? Like 2017? 18? Really? That sounds right-ish. Yeah. I mean, I guess this was still sort of the case then, too, but... Yeah, my main draw to see that was like, oh, I can't wait to see all the references. You know, I love that shit. <laughs> what I found about the movie itself, like, the... The story it was trying to tell is so relevant to us now with, like, are we just living our lives to get back into our escapist video games? Literally, like, the only reason, like, that is the draw for life in that game, um, or in that movie. And I don't know, like, the, you know, the people that do well in the game have a higher status in life. Like, you see that now with video game streamers, like, that being a form of, like, a living that is a way for people to make money by streaming themselves, commenting. Yeah. Um, Esports is the alpha of Oasis. Yeah. In Oasis. (laughs) In the movie, is just the final release. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, if you know all of the references and the memes, then you have a better chance of winning like basically it elevates the nerd and the video game lover um as a higher oh oh, 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 now are we talking about your dream now oh no (laughs) if only people were measured by their knowledge of references and nerd you would be so popular (laughs) (laughs) if i started a youtube channel no but seriously people that have like niche interests in certain video game aspects like they Start a YouTube channel. They get sponsored for it. Like they get like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's very much a reflection yeah. of reality, and I just find that interest. I found that I didn't go to the movie for that, but I found that critique interesting. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, I very highly recommend it. I think even like if you don't, you don't have to be steeped in video game world yeah. necessarily to enjoy it. I think having like some brush with some video game stuff is helpful, but ultimately it's just a good movie in its, it's own just right. It's a little like, oh, I, I know that character. Like, oh, did you, that, that yeah. was Sonic. Oh my gosh. No, no it's yeah. not necessary. It's a heartwarming Spielberg special. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, also, something really interesting about that movie is it. I don't know what the count is, but in terms of reference material, like to IPs outside of it, I think it might have more references to film stuff, mm-hmm. film history, which I thought was really interesting because, like, the way it's advertised and, you know, the, the whole, like, concept of the, you know, the mechanics of the story and everything. It's like, oh, it's all video game stuff. It's like, 
Actually, I feel like it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a love letter to gamers from like all, you know, old and young, but it's also like, if you grew up watching movies, it's, uh, it's like, you know, Spielberg's whole life, I'm sure of like everything that was popular since he's been 10 years old is featured in that movie in some way. Yeah. So that's why I think the topic of this podcast and the last podcast, well, fun like just more fun, lighthearted topics are like the worlds are blending and then they, it comes out that way um, in movies like this. So video games overlap with movies, which overlap with video games. You know, where, where's the source? What's original anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Am I in a dream? <laughs> Am I in a dream? No, you're in VR. Um. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Speaking of video game references, uh, Wreck-It Ralph 1 and 2. Yes, they're so good. I think that this was a little bit more heavy-handed in the video game references and the aesthetic. Oh, so good. Uh, It it was more reliant on that instead of just... it, It really was like the main characters are from the video game itself. Yeah. Uh, And I think they really did the references they did have, the characters pulled from actual IP were really well done and really... I, I just appreciated that they respected the characters mm. and they had a lot of, like, wink-wink jokes in there. Sort of like the villain's support group. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so the good. best. Like, who are we going to see at this round table? Um, I love one of my favorite... Uh, it's not really a gag, but... Um, Along those same lines, I love the. There's a couple characters who show up who have sp- speaking roles, and I think they're like, you know, tertiary characters in the actual Wreck It Ralph game. And when they move around, you get like this, you know, five frame per second of them like moving around really jittery, yes. and all the other animation is like nice and smooth. Yeah. It's just so funny to me. I love it, <laughs> it never gets old. So to that point, it's in, it's not even just in like the the main gags, but it's just kind of like throughout the whole movie they are really careful with that, and yeah, it feels like very respectful and like purposeful. It feels like there's just there was a lot of love towards these IPs instead of it just being references like in Ready Player One. It's more trying to I don't know, make them the IPs really come alive. And maybe some subliminal in the second one's uh, messaging for Star Wars. Yeah. Some like, some subliminal marketing. Yeah. Not not just stay in the video game realm. Let's let's open this up now. The entire internet. You know how we own Star Wars? We should like put that in the other stuff. <laughs> uh, well, they even like they kept the the video game thing even when the, in the second movie when they opened it up to like oh now we're in the internet one of the main subplots was still the racing element where yeah. they like basically did uh, the Fast and Furious uh, <laughs> but as a racing game inside of the movie. Um, all of the typical video game cliches are were in there still. Mm. But I think it's another example. I would put it right up there with Ready Player One status where like the story is worth Experiencing, mm-hmm. oh so, yeah. Even take away all the video game stuff, and that's all fun and everything. But like, it's just good story. Yeah. So, 
second one made me cry more than once. <laughs> it's so freaking good. And I love what they did with not just visualizing the internet at large, but the specific, like, I don't, I, I hope everyone like picked up on this stuff. Cause I know somebody spent so much time building this and like, it's such a good idea, but like how, so they have like people that are like, I don't know, quote unquote logged into the internet who are like, or like surfing the internet and the way they're, it's just, it's very funny. You gotta, you gotta see it. It's hilarious. They're just like totally dead, deadpan. Like it's it's amazing. (laughs) But then they also did something surprising. I'm not doing like a full in-depth analysis, but what they did with the dark net was further than I thought that they would go. And I felt like it was really interesting and like worthwhile I don't know that that was like something that everyone's aware of. I don't know that everybody needs to be aware of it, but it's kind of like they took it as an opportunity to like they taught an emotional lesson. That was a very like, you know, you have to let people go is kind of the main thing. But then there's sort of like bits. If you're really paying attention throughout the whole movie, there's I don't know. There's just like it's very rich. There's lots to take away. Yeah. Isn't that part of the movie? Like they go down to the dark neck and then. Like we need to make money, and they're like, "Well, you can make money by winning this thing in this game yeah. and selling it." There's somebody like, like pop up ads. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's like that is a thing. Like we have had podcast episodes where we talk about like selling mods and like yeah, like skins that go for so much money, and it's like it is a gun skin. Like what? Yeah, they did their research. It's, that is reality. <laughs> So in a way, it's kind of like an awareness piece baked into a movie. It's just, I don't know. I thought it was, that was a, a good way to use the platform. Yeah. It's cool. It's like, it's being clever. You know, another movie that is incredibly clever, especially for its age, it's still such a good movie. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I love this movie. I love this movie. It's so good. George, have you seen it? So I think I've seen like half the movie. I, Did you um, like what you saw? I think I was so tired when I went when I started watching the movie that I fell asleep in the middle of it and just never revisited it. Oh, bummer. Listeners, this is not an indication of the quality of movie. <laughs> this is an indication George was of very how tired. tired he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard great things about it. Um, and from the little bit that I saw, you know, it, it seemed cool. Uh, like the visual effects and stuff and the, you know, the graphic novel-esque, um, you know, way to extenuate drama or, you know, serious action. I'm d- I have no doubt that it's, it is a great movie, but I'm also not a big uh, Michael Cera fan. Yeah, that might be a deal breaker for you. Well, we're going to have to fix this and have a viewing party at some point. Because Dude, I'm so interested to hear yeah. what you think of it. Yeah. From even yeah. from just like a production perspective, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I'm down. Well. Your well. training is not complete. <laughs> you still have one more task. The uh movie might be it's not as if it is directly pulled from a video game, but it made this list because the you just know the writers and the people who worked on this movie are gamers. You just know. Like, the amount of love that was put... Yeah. It's not just, like, off-the-cuff references, too. It's... So, for example, the entire movie... Of course, I'm going to say this. The entire movie is littered with uh, sonic sound effects, but the timing of them 
in the context of the film and the relationship between that and the timing and the context of when they're used, not in just the first game, but a lot of the other games, like the way that those sound effects evolve. If you have that history, when they use it, it's like a triple layer joke and it's extra. Su- I know it's like very, very super nerdy and I'm analyzing, so it makes it sound like it's not funny <laughs> at all. But in the movie, it's actually funny. It made me laugh. I think it's such a smart way to make us understand what's going through his head. He's like a very quiet character in the movie, but we get how he's feeling based on the references that are pulled a- put on screen. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so clever. It's like, it's not even a, it's not a movie about a video game, but through our gamer knowledge, it's helps us identify with the main character. That's oh yeah, awesome. totally. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And it has that layer of like, you know, there are, it's a bunch of like indie garage bands the whole time. <laughs> it is just the perfect, oh man. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. The boss battles, choreography is solid, yeah. solid. Well, uh, do you two have any other like, oh, you saw an awesome video game movie. You have to talk about it. I wish. I want more of them. No, I don't have any. I mean, yeah, I, I do want more of them. I feel like we've only in the past decade have gotten a taste of what a good video game movie can be. So I really hope it, the trend continues. The pendulum is kind of swinging like games are becoming more story driven and uh, about social experiences and, and such. And so there's more content to dig from uh, or mm-hmm. mine from versus like games were just about doing, a th- you know, a, th- a specific thing. And it was yeah. its own self-contained box and vacuum. And now it's like they've grown to be like these, you know, pop culture icons. Um, and so, you know, as that continues to grow, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the the movies and content TV shows and all the other stuff that's generated uh, from it is going to continue to improve yeah. as well. We sort of touched on the last podcast, how the Witcher Netflix series is doing so well. I'm looking forward to it. The clips I've seen look really cool. It looks really um, cool, but don't get your hopes up too much for the first season. <laughs> oh no. No, don't say that. Like it's, we'll, it's, we'll watch it and then we can talk yeah, about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to spoil it, anything. It seems like it's getting good overall feedback, though. Like, good reviews. I, I, I mean, for me, I'd give it like a six and a half, seven out of ten. Oh. Uh, just oh, because, interesting. Just because, yeah, I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to taint anything without you guys first seeing. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, to, uh, George, to your point, like the whole momentum of game of movies that use like video game IPs as a platform, like that that momentum being gained in that space, I feel like it has a back and forth relationship with the game industry. Mm-hmm. Not that it needs to be any bigger or have any more money, not from that perspective, but just from like a um, more people being familiar with the language so they can watch Scott Pilgrim and identify yeah. with the main character and have that experience or watch Ready Player One or whatever and Wreck-It Ralph and be like, oh, reference, reference, reference. Right. I'm at least familiar with the you know general characters in that game or whatever because I feel like the, the more that the films can be successful and like build on each other, it just creates more opportunity for like everything to be Elevated. lifted up. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and then we'll get the Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe. Yeah. Please. Mm. Please so much. All they have to do is make a couple more Assassin's Creed movies, and then you will have exactly what you want. I didn't even talk about that. That is the, <laughs> you tried, but no. Oh, no. Um, but, Michael but it's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How could it be bad? <laughs> Have you I seen bet it? The, I bet the yeah. producer said that to themselves. Yeah. Well, oh, George, you saw it? Yeah. I've Is seen it, it bad? Uh, it's a hard-to-follow movie. It's like there's a bunch of stuff that they don't really land the plane, so to speak. That is... One of those... I I haven't played Assassin's Creed. I went and saw it with someone who's played Assassin's Creed, and they said... Well, I couldn't follow it. I didn't understand what was happening. And they're like, yeah, I can only understand what was happening because I played the game. Right. But they didn't even do it justice, really. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just my perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard, too, because, like, a game you experience for a longer period of time. and a movie, you have an hour and a half, two hours tops, you know, to throw in everything that you kind of slowly learn through tutorials and through doing stuff and then needed listening to characters' backstories and stuff. It's like it's novel form in or several novel form in like a singular game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 harder to make a, a very, you know, meaty, concise, easy to you know, easier to follow. I, w- I was looking forward to seeing that movie because I think the concept of Assassin's Creed is really cool, but yeah, it's one of those new, no, like, you could have done so much with this. Yeah. But, uh, I, but I do like me some Fazbender. Yeah. 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 He, I think he was well cast for the role, just, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping that's not going to be the case with the new Uncharted movie they're making with Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, I think they have a lot to potentially work with there. I just hope they don't let it flop. Seems I, like a weird choice. We'll see what happens. I don't, they probably want to start with someone young and someone who's very physical and let them age with the role. Yeah. A thought occurred to me the other day when I signed up for like the PlayStation Now, which is like the Game Pass of Xbox for Sony. And... I started, even though I couldn't play very far for most of the games because I have the wrong controller, um, I, I got this sensation that, like, the, and this is also probably because I've been Xbox and PC for so long and have dipped here and there with Sony. Like, the games felt different, but in a different way, it's like it feels foreign. Um, Uncharted? Or are you no, just talking just about like, games? Uh, the story driven games for PlayStation in general. Uh, like their big IPs. Uh, just, they don't. I don't know what it is about them. It's just like they don't have the same flair of what I've come to really love with uh, Microsoft IPs. You're speaking. Uh no, uh, forbidden things. You, you can't be saying these things. <laughs> and, uh, and it's it, unacceptable. <laughs> it's like I want to love Sony games, and it's also possible that I haven't given them enough time, but uh, it just feels like they're... I, I don't want to use this word, but I can't find another word to fit it better. It's just like lesser experiences of stuff that I played on a different platform. That's really interesting. I, mean, I haven't played one in a long time. I should probably dip my toes in and see if I have the same feeling. 
I don't know. I would. I I'm very selective about the games I play. You both know this about me, but the ones I have selected for PlayStation are, you know, Horizon, Spider-Man. Sure. They're very strong. They have very strong plots that drive the games. Sure. Uh, so I'm very satisfied with them, but I don't know which games you've been playing that you like feel I tr- that I way. Like I tried The Last of Us, mm-hmm. the original, um, and it wasn't really doing it for me. Uh, I've tried several of the Killzone games. I've tried... I think they used to have this... Uh, Resistance was one thing that they used to have. Um, did that. I did enjoy like the Crash Bandicoot games. Um, but they haven't done those in a, in a long time. And like Uncharted was fun. God of War, I haven't really gotten to do a whole lot with that. I played like one... But it was a PSP version back when I had a PSP. Uh, and that was okay. Um, and then Gran Turismo is, like, to me, if you were to compare it to Forza, it's it's very different, um, but it also doesn't feel as enjoyable as Forza. But, again, that's, you know, that's me. I'm not saying that if you were to compare facts on paper, that that is the case. But to me, it's like it's a better racing experience versus like a Gran Turismo game. That's obviously just my opinion. That's interesting. I wonder if like the, if there's a familiarity aspect where like you come to expect something and you've been like steeped in the same, you know, just kind of like developer world. Yeah, I mean, I know it's still varied, but I wonder if like an element of it, like, because you're saying it feels foreign. I mean, they most of them literally are foreign, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> Japanese, yeah, yeah, yeah. German, Canadian. Oh, and that's the thing too is like the culture implications, like in their games too. It's like, you know, even though, but I, but I also love like Japanese movies. I love you know anime and that sort of stuff too. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Are you do, so you saw the PS5? Yes. Trying to get on the train? It's pretty. I won't deny that. I bought it cuz it's pretty, not because <laughs> I think all the games are lesser. <laughs> no, like I like it looks really nice and, you know, I'm sure the IPs that'll follow it will be great too, you know, but and the, another thing I want to make a point of too is like games that have now have originally been Sony IPs have now come into like are no longer like that's becoming less and less of a thing uh, where it's like the people are realizing like, Oh, we can actually make more money if we share the, you know, if we actually share versus keeping it all tied to one platform, like journeys now made it, you know, horizon zero dawn is coming to PC. Death stranding is coming to PC. EA just did that with a ton of their IPs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say why that would be the case or not, because it's not like we've, played the same games on multiple consoles to compare experiences but I would say that one of the things I do like about the Sony exclusive games at least are that they tend to be quieter Um, Mm. like they're obviously they obviously try to make story more of an element uh, a stronger element in it but also like it's sort of like a... I find myself a lot of times just stopping and actually admiring the, the game environment that was built around me. Sure. Um, I was like literally what half of Journey is, but um, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's also possible to, you know, like I said, I don't think I've had the ideal experience to play like a, you know, a strong Sony IP title. Um, so who knows? That might change and the PS5. Not to say that makes things better or worse. It's just a subjective, you know, yeah. preference. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's a curious line of thinking. I'm curious what you think in the future after you played some more games. Yeah. George, you just need to have a. Jesse, what was to Jesse the Horizon Zero Dawn experience? You need to have that with your Sony game. So then you can be like, Sony's perfect. Can you ever say anything about Sony that's bad? I love other games. I am Spider-Man. I don't just feel like him. I am Spider-Man. I'll have you know, I bought my PlayStation when the Star Wars Battlefront came out. Not Horizon. Battlefront. (laughs) Battlefront's awesome. Did you play the second one, George? Battlefront 2? Oh, hell yeah. Um, Nice. Back then, uh, when PSP was a big thing, I had a PSP and they had Star Wars Battlefront 2 for PSP. And I played the shit out of that. Um, Nice. And my brothers had a PSP too, and they had Star Wars Battlefront, so we'd always get it, you know, uh, link up and play Star Wars Battlefront together. Did you see the Squadrons trailer? I did. Oh, my God. Uh, <sighs> and it's going to be VR enabled. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll never so leave my chair or my headset ever again. <laughs> like, what happened to George? This would be the thing that would get me over the line for buying VR. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. What's that? You're going to get VR? Awesome. I am a little concerned because it's only $40, which makes me think. It's a B experience. I hope not, but we'll see. Even the the past games that they've done, strictly for that's been like a flight esque simulator, but more of like an arcade style. They've not been full rounded experiences like the first person or the third person, you know, character driven games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, usually, so maybe that's the difference. Yeah, like maybe all, that explains the price point. Yeah, because like Star Wars Pod Racing, like Star Wars, they had one where it was like Starfighters or something like that. It was, yeah, they're very like watered down, simplistic, you know, types of games. But the Pod Racing game was pretty good. Yeah, no, it it was fun. Like, they're fun, they're just short-lived. True, true. Well, they had Star Wars on it. Yeah. I'm going to be dropping $40 to buy it. Take my money. (laughs) Take my money. Stupid EA. Well, we all have our tails. Well, I hope this maybe spawned some viewers for uh, some of these old video game movies and spawned as video game language for yeah, coming back. I was trying or... to be clever there, but it came <laughs> a little slow. Um. Just keep buying uh, the story driven games, and maybe we'll get some uh, movie adaptations that'll actually be worth their salt. Oh, I, yeah, I hope so. Uh, I, well, I know for sure, whether, even if the movie shit, we'll be in, we'll have our butts in, in theater seats to watch Sonic 2. So, <laughs> hear that movie execs? <laughs> you just need to put in an, a, one new Sonic character for okay. every, All right. yeah. every movie. <laughs> yes, you have it yourself works. a franchise. Yes. That is an effective strategy. Yes. <laughs> Readings are accurate. He's here. 
I found him. I just hope I'm not too late. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you next time.